0: You're listening to the Horizons Church Podcast. Hello, Ethan, with your Jeff Bridges t-shirt. That's right! Oh,
1: thank you. Hello, Josiah, with your lovely color palette of a plaid flannel. Thank sure. You. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yes, this is a it's a good clothing day. As of this recording, I don't know what the weather will be like when you're listening to it, but when we're recording this, it's a lovely temperate day. It is. Mid 60s. Oh, I'm, I'm gorgeous.
1: Looking outside right now, seeing a, a sparrow duck into a gutter.
0: That <laughs> <laughs> did not go where I was expecting it to go yeah. at all.
1: I mean, nature's a it's a it's a funny thing.
0: <laughs> sparrows going into gutters? Gutter sparrow. That is that is an insult.
1: Wait, that's a real thing.
0: Uh, it's like an old. I think it's a Roman or Greco. I like that insult. Like you would call someone gutter the sparrow. Yeah, I forget when you would use that i don't remember all i know is that was an old insult gutter sparrow watch it be gutter
1: secretly sparrow. like high-key vulgar
0: <laughs> yeah that's that would be my uh, luck if it is we apologize i apologize i talk about things of which i know not apparently <laughs> <laughs> happens uh, regularly enough <laughs> Uh well speaking of things that could end up being stumbling blocks to oh people, yes one of the great stumbling blocks for unbelievers in decades gone by has been the fact that God not only asks for praise, but commands it. Mm, okay. That is that he commands all people to praise him, to worship him, and to love him wholeheartedly. Now, the reason that I think this is such a stumbling block seems primarily to stem from how distasteful and abhorrent we find it when our neighbors do it, sure, right? yeah. In other words, if I went up to you and demanded that you praise me, And laud me, Ethan. (laughs) You would find that despicable, right? And for good reason. It would be a little bit... It would feel a bit fishy. Yes. Um, Yes, uh, it would. But, I mean,
1: you you draw out a good point because it is almost impossible to separate how that impulsively feels in human terms, those pangs of discomfort Mm -hmm. and distaste. And to even begin to appropriately understand how it applies to a creator deity yeah even saying that almost feels like putting too fine a point on it in these very human terms we're using
0: yes yes I agree and so to continue to extrapolate on that it is petty and self-centered for me as a human being mm. to do such a thing to demand that you praise me and you laud me and typically if you have to demand that someone praise you you're Probably not (laughs) worthy of it anyway, right? Right. One of my professors at Liberty once said, if you're preaching and you have to ask people to give you an amen you probably don't deserve an amen, probably. <laughs> oh. And I've always remembered that. That stuck yeah. with me. Because such commands and demands effectively put us at the center of the universe. I think that's like the really big mm. problem with that. Or at least that's where we're trying to get with such demands. So if someone does something like that, we typically can sense how insecure they are, right? Because yeah. you get the sense they've tied their value and significance to the amount of praise that they're getting.
1: Yeah, well, when you see that in someone, it i mean—it actually is more of a sign of weakness. Really, in, well, insecurity, exactly. Exactly like you right. said. It's more that than it is any sort of uh, reason for honor right. or recognition.
0: Yeah. There's nothing about us as human beings that wants to pray someone like that. Exactly. Like you don't look at, you've you never looked at anyone who did something like that and said, they're admirable. <laughs> like, I want to be like that, right? Yeah,
1: it sours it immediately.
0: Yes, it does. So you have that on the one hand with us as human beings. But then we read in the Bible that God commands our praise. Ooh, he commands twists. it. I mean, here are just two passages I read recently in Isaiah. Isaiah 43:20 20 through 21 says, this is God speaking, For I give water in the wilderness, rivers in the desert, to give drink to my chosen people, the people whom I formed for myself, that they might declare my praise. Mm-hmm. So that's one. And then Isaiah 48, 9, God says, For my name's sake, I defer my anger. For the sake of my praise, I restrain it for you, that I may not cut you off pretty strong language there as far as praise goes. And like you say, I'm withholding all these things or I'm doing these things so that you will praise me. Mm -hmm. Uh,
1: Well, something that that brings to mind is, I mean, it almost feels a little bit scary in a manner of thinking. (laughs) Like, you know, because we talk about God as both a loving father and a righteous king. Normally, right. that's that's mm-hmm. not unusual to us, and I I, I kind of like that uh, quite a lot. It sparks yeah. this sense of wonder to me, and I, mm-hmm. I gravitate towards that. I, I like the weight that it has of like the kingship right Mm -hmm. it feels like this fairy tale language you know i really Mm -hmm. love that but when we start to talk about like these very self-aware commands of praise and fealty that weight starts to feel a little more like a looming weight (laughs) to me yeah i mean if i just said commands there instead of demands because it felt a little more comfortable to say it that way
0: yes exactly right there is this sense in which i agree that you get it's like this darkness and this shadow. And like yeah. I think of that moment when the glory of God descends upon the temple with uh, King Solomon when he mm-hmm. built the temple, and it's this thick darkness, and like the priests are driven like out, like they can't oh, they're like I running would. away. And yeah. Solomon's like, I knew you said you would dwell in thick darkness. And like there's Whoa! there's this like this like unbelievable God who's like praise me, and like, yes, like it just feels so like woo, you know yeah. what I mean? Like hide like let the mountains fall on me and hide me. It's exactly. you know, like do that. But the question that raises, I think for a number of people, especially, like I said, in recent decades, is that does that make God an egomaniac whose value is dependent upon the praises that he squeezes out of his people? Well, you're listening to a church podcast, so I think you know how we're going to answer that question. <laughs>
1: Big spoiler. We had them in suspense right Yes, there.
0: they all thought we were going to commit blasphemy. <laughs> so if we follow the teaching of the scriptures, we discover pretty quickly that God doesn't actually need anything. So to stay in Isaiah, take Isaiah 40:28 as just one example. He says, "Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary; his understanding is unsearchable." So we're saying eternal, omnipotent, omniscient, all in one
1: verse right there. I I, yes. I do feel like self-sustaining.
0: It's pretty well assumed at that point. Yes, yes, exactly. So he doesn't require anything in the same—nowhere near the same. He doesn't require anything. That's just the bottom statement. He doesn't need anything. Mm. We need things, you and I, human (laughs) beings, the world, creation. We need things. We need to be sustained. We need to eat. We need breath. We need all these things. Not so with God. So if God does not need anything, then why does he command that we praise him? Mm. Right? It's, it's not as if he's failed to appreciate his own infinite worth or anything, right? Like it's not the problem.
1: Well, at this point in my life, if I was a betting man, I would probably put a sizable, sizable bet on the notion that perhaps it's for our good. Ding 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 ding. And if you had, you would
0: have won wow. money. Time to go to Vegas. <laughs> yes, the the really short answer. It seems to me, and as perhaps said best by C.S. Lewis, is that God commands that we praise him precisely for our good. God is not an egomaniac when he commands our praise because to praise him and worship him is what we were made to do. So in other words, God created us. He is the highest good in all the universe. Like He, he is in himself the fountainhead of love, of joy, of peace, kindness, all the things that we long for and we yearn for, those are found in him. They yeah. come from him. The fact that we have those desires are meant to bring us back to him. And God is committed to giving us eternal happiness. Like he's he's committed to giving that to us, like to communicating to us these things that we want. And he wants to give us this imperishable inheritance in a new creation. And in that new creation, he wants to give us himself, which is really crazy. When you think about how often the scriptures say that no eye has seen, no ear has heard. Like no one has no one has seen his pure form. Yeah, Like you can't, in fact, uh, here's just a weird, I think little subset of this discussion. But when we think about God, we can't help but think about him in some form of space term right like we have to think oh, of yeah. something we have to think of something but it's not like God doesn't exist in space the same way that we do right like it's not as if he's you know to take that image from the uh, Sistine Chapel it's not like if God the Father is like this big strong man with like gray hair and a beard right like he doesn't have a form like that like yeah. it's it, you can't even talk about it without touching on things you can't understand exactly because he he is both everywhere like, all places are present to him, and yet it's not as if, like, okay, well, like, if there's a bigger space, he inhabits that space more than he inhabits a little space. Like, that's not how it works. It's just all these weirdness, all this weirdness with who God is, mm. and yet we will be with him in the new heaven the new earth in a distinct way than we are right now because mm. you also get him with us now, right? Like, he is communicating some of that to us. He's communicating his presence and right. his love and his his joy and his peace.
1: There'll be some I mean apparently some further understanding. Like we'll be able to grasp more of that.
0: Yes. Yes. And when we do that, we won't be able to help. This is where I'm leading us back to. A ah. point. That we won't be able to help but to praise him. I like see. that's just the natural inclination of the heart. And actually, this is not just true of God. When you see something that you love and that you you Apprehend as good. What do you naturally want to do? You want to to elevate it. Yes, and you want to like tell other people about it, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you've seen a particular work of art or a movie. I mean, I just even think that like a movie that you saw that you really Mm -hmm. liked. You're like, you want to talk about it. Like, hey, like you should watch this movie. It was really good. How much more true is that of? the God who created all things and is the source and fountainhead of all good. Like there is something in praising him that makes us happier. And that's why, that is why he commands our praise because it is ultimately what's going to make us happy. It is ultimately for our good. So he's not doing it because he's like, oh yeah, I need this to, uh, you know, understand my own infinite value and worth. (laughs) You need to understand his own infinite value and worth so that you can be happy. And you do that by praising him. So yeah, in other words, when God commands our praise, He is simply commanding us to do the thing that will make us most happy forever. That's what He's doing.
1: I think that that's a good clarifier. I think because there there are a lot of things that could be um, in the category of, well, it's good for you or it's what you were made yeah. to do. Like there are a lot of things that are good for you and you are made capable of doing that are not the nicest thing in the world. Right. right. So it's like some red flags kind of start to go up again. But to be able to say it's it's not just good for you, but it's like in some way metaphysically fulfilling. Yes. Where you can ultimately thrive in a, in a deeper sense um, mm-hmm. or in this case even a more eternal sense yes and that recognition i think helps create like inroads to understanding that more clearly
0: right whereas an egomaniac is seeking their own best interest god is seeking our best interest and telling us to praise and glorify and love him you know he gets the glory we get the joy and i think that's a pretty that would be more than a fair cop i think to say Okay, okay, you know what I mean. Yeah. That's, just, that's that's pretty awesome. I think that we get to do that. So yeah, God is uh, in short not an egomaniac. Yeah, in case in case you were wondering where we stood on that. Yeah, he is not. He commands it for our own good, metaphysical fulfillment, as you said. I like that yeah. metaphysically fulfilling. Yeah, metaphysical. I just like that word. Well. <laughs> thank you as always for listening if you have any questions on this or any other topic feel free to shoot us an email at podcast at horizonschurch.net you can also interact with us on social media and because we are egomaniacs if you found this episode helpful <laughs> oh. and uh, you want to share it leave us an honest 5 star review in the iTunes store mm. you know we'd uh, we'd appreciate it <laughs> we,
1: really, we would
0: we would you know laud us we love would us. feel
1: a little bit validated if you did <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you
0: No, thank you as always for listening. We'll catch you next time.